You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. It is 11 a.m. on a beautiful Tuesday morning here in Tuscaloosa. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for the one and only Travis Ryer here today on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Got plenty to get into uh, today. Going to replay my interview last night with Tyler Martin on my show, Off the Edge, which is featured Mondays and Fridays here on Tide 100.9 from 7 to 9 p.m., uh, but before we get into any of those sorts of things, do need to remind you that the show, as always, is brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolates here, 1530 McFarland Boulevard, as you're headed into uh, Northport right there on the left. Go check out Peterbrook Chocolatier to, to make sure that Father's Day goes off without a hitch for your father, for uh, for the father in your life, whatever uh, you know he may be into. We all love chocolate, but there's uh, plenty going on at Peterbrook. Uh, whether it's the handprints for Dad Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays this week from 12 to 2 p.m., or it's Chocolate Day Camps Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 3, bring your own bottle Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, gelato and frozen treats, Father's Day's gifts on the daily. Give them a call, 205-752-0211 to get more information on how you can make this year's Father's Day extra sweet. You can also call in to this show via the Peterbrook Chocolatier hotline, 205-342-9904. I'd love to hear from you concerning all things Bryce Young as well. We've got plenty to get into as far as that goes. Uh, Again, you know, last night on my show, I I went very, very in-depth on Bryce Young. And we talked to Tyler Martin towards the end of the show to get his thoughts on Bryce. and, And he said something that was very interesting uh, you know, I, I had narrowed down kind of the bits and pieces of Bryce Young's abilities, whether it was his scrambling ability reminding me of Johnny Manziel or it was his arm talent, uh, you know, the, the ability to throw from awkward positions, those sorts of things, uh, reminding me of a guy like Matthew Stafford. Uh, his the the way that he throws the deep ball uh, with with such snappiness and and decisiveness remind me a little bit of Aaron Rodgers those sorts of things uh, which you know it should be noted that to to compare those sorts of things in his games to guys like that that are that good uh, is is I don't do that lightly you know what I mean like it's it's that it's that impressive what Bryce Young does on the field just watching what uh, what's what's available to us. Uh, as far as a day, as far as the you know the games that he played in last year in, in some mop up duty, uh, you know whether it's his high school highlights, those sorts of things that you can get your hands on, you can see uh, the excitement that this kid brings to the table and what he's fully capable of doing. Now that the reins have been handed off to him, but but what, something that that Tyler Martin talked about, and we weren't able to get into it too too deeply after he mentioned it, but uh, was talking about how. Bryce Young reminded him of uh, Russell Wilson, who's another guy who's a little on the short side. If he's six foot tall, it's because of his hair. You know, short, stocky guy. Uh, you know, Bryce is a, is a tad bit thinner, but he has put on the weight a little bit more uh, in his in his first year at Tuscaloosa, and certainly in, in within the next two years, he'll he'll be able to put on a little bit more uh, as well as he prepares for the next level, which is of course the the end goal for for everyone that walks into. The Malmore Complex here on uh, Bryant Drive, but nonetheless, I thought that that was really uh, 
really a spot on comparison for as far as you know all of his tools being put together. And there's certain things that that I feel like Bryce does a tad bit better than Russ Russell Wilson ever did. And of course, there's things that Russell Wilson does that are on a completely another plane uh, because he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, and you know, as far as what Russell Wilson does better, it's the deep ball. Russell Wilson's one of the best is probably the best deep ball thrower in the entire NFL. Deadly accurate, and he's got you know uh, he's, he's got guys like DK Metcalf that that get down the field with absolutely zero problem. But he routine, routinely hits those guys in strides uh, or or gives them a jump ball that really plays into the favor of his target. He's very good at those things. Tyler Lockett, another guy that streaks down the seam a lot out of the slot. Uh, so Russell Wilson has a lot of advantages in those situations, but nonetheless, uh, the rainbow arc in his passes, the up and down motion that the ball goes through when it comes out of the hands of Russell Wilson, there's no denying that fact. But Bryce Young is a better scrambler than I think Russell Wilson ever was. And, you know, Russell came into the NFL, uh, you know, third-round draft pick. Not a lot of people gave him any credence, you know, kind of overlooked him, didn't take him too seriously. And then he wins the job in the preseason, uh, and it has a lot to do with his accuracy, his arm. But what he did that was exciting, and remember this same you know two years removed from Cam Newton busting onto the scene, uh, and you know RG three had just won Rookie of the Year, or or was in this season that RG three won Rookie of the Year. So the 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 option quarterback was coming into play and was playing a big role, and uh, you know now that's sort of an average thing. No no team relies on that so heavily anymore uh defenses have have evolved to to be able to sniff that out and and handle it you know more often than not it's just handle the quarterback aspect of it and uh, the running back will take care of itself if your defensive lineman can stuff the gaps you let your linebackers run free at the quarterback that tends to to solve those problems uh so Bryce isn't necessarily going to be running a lot of option plays. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of designed quarterback runs, I don't think, for Bryce Young. Simpl- it has a lot to do with his size, but it also has to do with the way the game has evolved. Uh, all your advantages come in the passing game. That's why every team throws the ball all the time, and it's understandable. Uh, and, and Bryce is able to maneuver pockets and use his athleticism to his advantage to make sure that he can get out, he can see through a window, and he can deliver a ball with zip and with accuracy. And that that's what he does so impressively is is he knows to, to climb the pocket. He knows not to, to just escape immediately at the first sign of pressure. Uh, he handles pressure well in the pocket. Now, I mean, there's times where he gets overwhelmed and he literally can't see where to go, and that's all part of it. You know, every player has his advantages and disadvantages because when he gets out into the open field uh, and he's got to make a defensive lineman miss, he's fully capable of doing it. Uh, he can make – defenders look downright silly and and that's an advantage that he brings to the table that you know not a lot of other quarterbacks can and when it comes down to that that's why I think that that he can be the most exciting quarterback to ever step foot and play here at Alabama you go down the list you know especially during the Nick Saban era uh it's a lot of guys that that never even got a look in the NFL uh whether it's Greg McElroy or or John Parker Wilson Blake Sims, Jake Coker. These guys got, got barely a sniff in the NFL, not nary a chance. Uh, and then you kind of go to A.J. McCarron, who's still in the NFL, uh, got a lot of experience as a backup, could probably you know do some good for a team if he was given an opportunity to be a full-time starter, I think. Uh, no team would be detrimented because he was a starter. And then you, you, you kind of level up and you evolve into to what Alabama's had here lately with Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, and Mac Jones. Certainly... Uh, three of the better quarterbacks that have ever stepped foot on this campus, but but especially during the Nick Saban era, you know they're they're the special ones. They're the ones that, that play the position with a different style of moxie. They made more impacts on the games than than the players around them, in in a lot of situations. Now, you know, of course, Jalen, Tua, Mac, they all had their help. You know, uh, what whatever way you want to look at it, they all had great receivers. They all had great running backs. They all played behind great offensive lines. Uh, and they all had good defenses on the other side, except for Tua. Tua was never get granted that luxury. Uh, but with Bryce, he's got probably one of the best defenses we've seen in a good four or five years here at Alabama. But there's questions on the offensive line. There's questions in uh, what the rotation is going to be 
at running back. There's questions in what the wide receiving core is going to look like. Who his favorite target is really going to be. Uh, you know, we haven't seen him throw the ball to John Manchin, really. Uh, I mean, sure, there's times in, in some spot, spot duty, uh, some mop up duty last year where maybe he had a few targets to John Manchin, but I mean, we haven't really seen him take advantage of a full and healthy offense, and you're not going to see that much today, day anyway. Going back a few months ago, uh, to to the first opportunity we had to see him as the starting quarterback. But when it all comes down to it, he's his, his what what sets him apart. What sets him apart from DJ Uyangalale? What sets him apart from from Emory Jones, Matt Corral, uh, you you know CJ Stroud. Sam Howell, hell, even Spencer Rattler out in Oklahoma, who's the the Heisman favorite by by you know not not a crazy margin. Bryce Young and DJ Uyunglele just two hundred points behind, but but a plus five hundred favorite. He's probably going to remain the favorite for most of the season. But when you look at what Bryce can do compared to all these guys, is create special. It's to create something special on the field and 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 avert your eyes to what he's doing. Now, a lot of this is stuff that it's going to take time to, to develop, take time to, to see it really come to fruition. But I'm telling you, when, when it comes to that Miami game, and De'Ara King, fully capable of creating special himself too. But De'Ara King's never played anybody like an Alabama defense. And, and certainly, you know, there, there's reasons to feel confident about heading into Atlanta at the, the start of September and just laying it to the Hurricanes. Uh, but Bryce Young has a lot to do with it. It's not just the defensive side of the ball. It's not just because Will Anderson's unblockable or Malachi Moore can can change a game or the fact that Christian Harris and Henry Toto are two of the best inside linebackers you could possibly ask for, and they're on the same defense. All of that plays a role, but but when you've got the quarterback, that's what sets you apart. And like, like we were talking about with Gary uh, a bit earlier, when it comes down to it, I know we haven't seen Bryce Young in the game, you know, go out and win an SEC game. We've seen that out of DJ Uyangalale. But if you're if you're really going to stop and think about it, and and I had to do it myself because I was unjustifiably skeptic of of what what Bryce brought to the table. And and I've been open about it. When it comes to the 2023 NFL draft, if the Steelers are in a position to need a quarterback, my first thought goes to DJ Uyangalale. I want the six foot four, two hundred fifty pound quarterback. Uh, I lean that way. I prefer that, but it doesn't mean that that's the only way to do it. But we've also seen him. We saw him go into South Bend and almost pull out the the victory over Notre Dame. Uh, we saw him handle the other games on Clemson's schedule when Trevor Lawrence was not available. You know, and and hold Clemson up to the to the tier that it belongs in, and. We didn't get to see that out of Bryce Young, and th- and that's a good thing, right? Because even though we saw that out of Mac Jones, it still didn't convince anybody that Mac Jones was the real deal. That Mac Jones could be a first round quarterback. You know, there was a few of us, you know, that that were that were optimistic about what uh, Mac Jones could bring to the table. But but the same thing came with comes now with Bryce Young. You, and Nick Saban said it a few times. The one thing that he wishes that he could have had last year was more opportunity to put Bryce Young in the game to get him more experience. But you didn't have uh, basically the cupcake preseason games that, that Alabama has this year, like your Mercers and Southern Misses and New Mexico States. And that's and that was fine. We we still got to see a little bit of Bryce Young, but nothing to really let the cat out of the bag and, and let you know exactly what was going on uh, as far as what he brings to the table. But at the end of the day, when you really look at it, you really analyze, you look back to high school, you look at what he did uh, last year in that spot duty, you look at what he did in A-Day, there's still a continuous you know, build to Bryce Young. He's continuously getting better. And, and you can kind of see it in, in the subtle nuances. He, he can run through the mechanics of a play and be on time and be accurate and decisive with the football. And that's what you need to be successful. But when you look at, at it across the board, all of these guys are coming in and they're, they're already ready to play. That's why DJ Uyangalale was able to do that with Clemson last year. It's not just because of all the talent around him. It certainly helps. But when, when DJ is already ready to, to, to be the quarterback – and take over for Trevor Lawrence, then that says a lot. If you go turn on the film and watch C.J. Stroud in the Ohio State game 
uh, a day game or excuse me, spring game, uh, for the Buckeyes that, that really shows you like he's already ready. Uh, and, and guys like Sam Howell, when they stepped in, Spencer Rattler stepped in as a freshman, you know, there, there's reason to believe that, that all of these guys are successful in college football. There's no reason that it shouldn't happen for Bryce Young too. Sure. They're busts. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I was watching a video with the ball guy from ESPN, uh, and he's talking about how, you know, we don't have anything to go off of. And, and I'm not going to take the thoughts of, of what he did at, in high school in California, as if he didn't go to the most storied program in the entire state and matter die. Uh, and, and acting like all these things don't matter simply because we don't have a proven case of, of him being successful. Well, you had a proven case for Mac Jones against Auburn. You had a proven case for Mac Jones against Michigan. And yet we all walked into 2020 completely oblivious to the idea that Mac Jones could be one of the five best quarterbacks in all of college football and, and eventually be a first-round draft pick. And yet Bryce Young actually comes in with expectations. Bryce Young actually comes in with the, with the thought that he should be one of the, the two best quarterbacks in, in the nation within the next two or three years. And because we've already gotten to see DJU, uh, Uyunglele, out on the field, then we automatically crown him because we've seen it and we automatically become skeptical of Bryce Young because we haven't gotten the opportunity to see it. And how often? I mean, and wants to, to compare that entire situation to Blake Barnett because of all the five-star quarterbacks Alabama's ever had, you know, we have to immediately think of the worst one. Right. And, and, and not, not to, to look at the fact that when Blake Barnett failed, Jalen Hurts rose to the occasion and became a great quarterback. So it's not like Alabama is ever in a situation where, you know, what the, the guy that you want to succeed fails and the next guy up isn't ready. That's very, very few and far between, uh, for Alabama, even in prominent positions. And, and look, over the past few years with, the, the pass rushers, it didn't work out for a while. Uh, the number one guy in the recruiting class would, would come in. He wouldn't even make it to the regular season before he was out on the street. And now you've got Will Anderson and Chris Allen and, 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 and Braswell behind him and, and Drew Sanders behind him and uh, all these guys behind them that, that are ready to go. It, it, it works itself out, but there's no reason to be uh, at all skeptical about what Bryce Young brings to the table. And honestly, the more I look at it and the more I think about it, I think that, that there's a real shot for him to win the Heisman uh, because of all the things that he brings to the table, how exciting he is to watch, but also the fact that there's so many unproven commodities around him. There there are draft scouts that are not sold on Evan Neal as a left tackle. Uh, John Mechie is, is a first-round wide receiving talent, but he's not the, the number one wide receiver on many boards. Uh, the running back room is so crowded. Jaleel Billingsley is going to have to fend off Cameron Latou. So there's a, there's a lot of things that play into the favor for Bryce Young to feel to, to seem like an offensive savior for this team because of all the turnover. And, and a lot of times all it takes is the optics because for Mac Jones last year, even though he finished third in the Heisman race, uh, a lot of that came down to the fact that Najee Harris scored 30 touchdowns last year. A lot of that came down to the fact that Devontae Smith had one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. A lot of that came down to him playing behind the best offensive line that Alabama's probably ever seen in, it, in its storied history, you know. So things can work out for Bryce Young, I think, in that regard. Uh, he's smart with the football. He's accurate with the football. He's consistent with the football. And when all that starts to start, all that starts to, to add up and comes together, if you can handle Texas A&M and Ole Miss this year, who are the two teams that I think are the, the big threats to, to Alabama, uh, you do your business against the rivals in LSU and, and Auburn. You handle Florida uh, now that they're in a transition year as well, which I think that's going to be an incredible game too. I think they're a threat to, to an undefeated run for Alabama too. Then a lot of things play into to Bryce Young's favor to to legitimately be a Heisman Trophy candidate alongside Spencer Rattler and DJ Uyangalale, who are both going to put up fantastic numbers, who are both going to run roughshod over their conferences, and who are both going to end up in the college football playoffs this year. Uh, and Bryce Young has to Bryce Young has a much tougher road than than either of those guys do to the college football playoff. I strongly believe because of the turnover. Uh, but if he can pull that off, then he seems like a savior 
and he's going to be the most exciting quarterback that Alabama's put on the field, that I don't think there's going to be all these questions like there were about Tua or like there were about Mac Jones. I feel like this is one of those situations where the Alabama fatigue maybe goes away a little bit and fans actually flock to see Bryce Young. Fans actually uh, enjoy watching Bryce Young despite what, what colors he's wearing. And, you know, for so often it feels like there's always something about an Alabama quarterback that turns the rest of the nation off uh, to, to his abilities nationally. And whether it's fair or not, who knows, who cares? But I strongly believe that based off of these circumstances, based off the skill set that, that Bryce Young brings to the table, there's no reason he shouldn't be the first quarterback to win the Heisman Trophy at the University of Alabama. And uh, I think anybody that turns on the film and, and analyzes it and analyzes the situation should probably feel quite similar in that in that fact. But uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll take a listen at the interview I had with Bama Central's Tyler Martin. Last night we broke down the Bryce Young situation at – with him being the uh, full-time starter at quarterback for Alabama this year. Uh, we also looked at the CFP playoff expansion. We'll dive into all that on the other side of this break. This is Southern Fried Sports. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Travis Ryer. We'll be right back for more right here on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama sports. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are there are 81 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today, not as humid as recent days. The high for this afternoon around 90. Clear and pleasant tonight, below 62. And we stay dry tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs between 86 and 89 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 89 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Tyler, what's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Jacob? Glad to be back on here, man. Hope you're ha- hope you're enjoying your summer, man. Hope you guys are doing good at Tyler Hundred Point Nine. Glad to be back on here talking some Alabama football. Yeah, it's been some time. Uh, a lot has has happened since the last time we spoke. I hope all is going well with you uh, as well. I mean, we're in the throes of the off season now, so it, it's kind of you know settle on a take and bring it to the to the show and. And hope that it sticks and you can stay passionate about it, you know. But yeah, uh, t- yeah. today it's been Bryce Young, and it hasn't been that difficult because, uh, you know, I turned on the, the, the old YouTube film today and and just kind of soaked in what he's capable of. And, you know, I, I kind of said this in the last segment. I was a little bit unjustifiably skeptical of what he could do because we'd already seen DJ Uyangalale and how special he could be. But, man, this Bryce Young guy. Uh, there's so many people that doubt him, and after today, I'm kind of seriously questioning the sanity of anybody that does. Yeah, you know, I, I think last year too, just in the the, the, the spots he got into, right? It might have been in garbage time, or I, I think I think his most memorable moment from last year was the Kentucky game when he threw that touchdown pass to Devontae Smith on that slant route, um, and he led them on a drive. You know, they basically went 80 yards, basically went down the length of the field, um, and got a touchdown and put that game away, and uh, and just you know. There were some moments last year where, yeah, you know, he looked like a freshman, right? And, two, I'll say this. When Bryce Young was in the game, the offensive line blocking for him was not the offensive line blocking for Mac Jones, right? Right. Um, so he was, and there was a lot of times where he was kind of running for his head, or running for his life, excuse me, running like a chicken with his head cut off. But I'll say this. You know, Bryce Young, what I, what I think has been so developed, I mean, for him that's been great to see developed, is, the, is his body, right? I think the biggest knock coming into college was his size, right? And it was – 
you know, his arm strength. And you can tell, I mean, just in this new the, this new strength and conditioning program he's been a part of, you know, uh, two fourth quarters now uh, programs in the spring, he's, you know, he looks, he looks, he looks the part, right? Um, he's got the size, he's got the arm talent. Now, I think also another big part of his game is the accuracy. In the A-Day game especially, when he, I mean, he was throwing bullets to Treshawn Holden. I mean, those were just BBs coming out of his arm. I mean, how quick he gets that ball out. And he's going to kind of have to this year, right? Alabama's got some moving pieces on that offensive line. There's going to be some new faces on there. So, you know, he's got to be ready for that. But but this this kid, I mean, I, you know, when you told me we were talking about Bryce Young, I started thinking about it, Jake, and I'm like, you know, it's similar to me how how impressed I was when Tua got first on campus. And you kind of heard about what Tua was doing, right? Mm. Now he was turning heads, right? And here's the thing. Bryce Young is from modern-day high school in California. And if anybody knows anything about prep, prep football, and especially in the state of California, modern-day is like the Alabama of, of California high school football. And there has been a legacy of quarterbacks go through there, starting with Matt Leinert, the late Colt Brennan, JT Daniels. And guess what? Bryce Young at the high school level was better than all of them. He is modern-day's best quarterback ever. And so he knows what pressure is like. He knows what it's like to be – you know, you know, ha- just have the, the feeling, okay, you're the Alabama quarterback on you. And I think he's going to handle that really, really well. And the best thing about him, too, is just the leadership ability. You know, I'll say this. Matt Jones really won that team over last year. I think a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people on that team said, we're going to rally behind Matt Jones. I think Bryce Young has that intangible already with him. Matt has developed that over three years. And, you know, being, being childish at times when he first got on campus, but that's like everybody, right? But Bryce Young, had that already when he got on campus. That's where I think kind of where they're separated in their at their respective parts of their development. And Coach Saban says it all the time: you got to win the team to be the quarterback. And uh, without a doubt, I mean, how can I mean the team clearly loves Bryce Young and for good reason. Uh, real quick on this one, but the 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 photo kind of surfaces the other day, uh, late last week, of him looking downright puny next to two other uh, quarterback <clears throat> excuse me, competitors at a camp here in Tuscaloosa. I mean, we're not that far removed from Kyler Murray, but you know this entire Alabama fan base cracked their own jokes about Kyler Murray and his size. And when Bryce Young's out there, he doesn't necessarily look tiny compared to the rest of the Alabama roster, but it's noticeable. It's noticeable that he can't you know, work shallow over the middle. Uh, it's noticeable in some timing routes that, that try to take advantage of zone coverage uh, in, in shallow routes. Do you think at all that, that his size is going to hamper him here in the SEC? Because that, that at least was something that Kyler Murray had going for him in the Big 12. I know he's, he's flourished in the NFL, but in the Big 12, he was really able to take advantage of a lower level of competition and here in the SEC, it's just it's completely different for Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, here's the thing. I saw that photo too, Jacob. And and I'll tell you this, guys. I mean, he got bigger. He he was you know he was smaller when he was in when he was a senior in high school coming out in December of 2019. He was he was smaller than that. So there has been progress made, of course. Um, but I don't think it's going to be an issue at all because I think his cere- the cerebral part of his game above the, above the neck. I think he's really, really talented, and that's where guys like that they have to make up for something, right? They don't have they have a lack of size in some area; they have to make up somewhere. And I think where he makes it up is just his mind, and he can beat you um, in just the way he reads defenses. And two, let's let's think about this, right? Steve Sarkeesian last year in the last two years, one, one of the best offensive minds Alabama's ever seen, right, on his coaching staff with him and Lane Kiffin up there too. Bill O'Brien is going to dial up a lot of a, a lot of reads that are going to be really friendly to Bryce Young, right? I, I don't think Bill O'Brien's going to put him in a lot of situations to where he's going to be happy taking a lot of chances. I really don't. I think this is going to be a great quarterback friendly system he's a part of with Bill O'Brien, and with his and, and with the accuracy that to me that's the, that's one of the the, the the pros of his game coming out was just the accuracy, and he still got it. We saw it in a day here and there. And I, I just think I, – I don't think the size is going to be too much of a factor because of the other intangibles there. Um, you know, and, and, too, I mean, we look at some other smaller quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield as well. You know, he was in, the, he was in Oklahoma. Drew Brees, of course. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think the size is going to hamper him because of what Alabama's going to be able to do around him and how quickly they're going to be able to get the ball out to a lot of their guys. I mean, this is kind of why they went out and got a Jamison Williams from Ohio State, right? 
a track star type guy, a guy who can beat you down the field, a guy who can beat you one on one in a slant route. Um, Bryce Young can get the ball to him, you know, like a laser. He can, he can put it on dot, and I think that's where they're going to kind of like overcome if there is any size disadvantage. Yeah, that that arm strength was something that I was that I was pretty impressed with today when I was watching the A Day game back. Uh, he's he's got a tight release. Uh, and and he's got some zip on it. I, I think his arm's a tad bit stronger than than what Tua had, which would no doubt make him the strongest arm quarterback that that Nick Saban's ever had. Uh, but 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 in that regard, uh, and I'll give you some time to to try to think about this. But what quarterback does Bryce Young remind you of? Uh, while I was while I was looking, uh, you know, his scrambling ability reminded me of Johnny Manziel, where where it seems fin- uh, frantic, but he's in full control and he knows how to how to you know, lure those defensive linemen in and, and make them look incredibly foolish. Uh, the the way that he's able to throw in awkward positions reminds me a lot of Matt Stafford. Uh, his ability to to make things happen out on the perimeter, uh, plenty of shovel passes on the perimeter to guys standing on the sidelines, very Brett Farvish, uh, Aaron Rodgers and his downfield accuracy. Is there, is, I can't pin him down on one guy. Uh, but he he certainly has a lot of attributes that remind you of other players. Uh, is there is there any one guy that kind of that that Bryce Young kind of reminds you of? You know, you're putting it really you're putting it really into perspective, Jacob. I mean, he's a mix. He's like a melting pot, right? Of a lot of different guys. He he has he, he kind of picks and chooses. It's kind of like a build your own quarterback, right? Right. Like we go to build a bear. It's kind of like build your own quarterback. And then you have Bryce Young. He has so many different great tendrils. But I think Kyler Murray. I think who you mentioned earlier. Um, it, it is an accurate comparison. I think Tyler might be uh, maybe an inch, inch shorter, um, but but I do think that, that they're. Qu- I mean, they both have super super quick releases, and too. I mean, they're so quick on their feet, they can avoid the pressure when the pocket collapses. I think Kyler is a fair comparison as well. I would. I think I would go more toward Kyler, um, if just in my opinion. I think if if Kyler didn't have his own unique way of scrambling. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause, cause I, I, I can only see Johnny Manziel and Kyler Murray is so unique. Uh, I, I always say that his, his legs look like a uh, roadrunners, you know, the cartoons yeah. where it's just circles cause he's so fast. Uh, but, but everything else. Yeah. I, I can see that with, uh, with Kyler Murray. Well with Kyler Murray and we're talking to Tyler Martin of Bama central at Steven Tyler 15 on the Twitter account. What, you know, Kyler Murray won a Heisman, uh, one year at Oklahoma wins the Heisman. Now Outside of Kyler Murray, you have to go all the way back to Jameis Winston uh, for the first uh, first year starting quarterback uh, of of a team winning the Heisman Trophy. Everybody else in between that was a quarterback that won uh, had had been the starting quarterback for multiple years. Obviously, Bryce Young goes into his first season, and a few weeks back, uh, you know, some odds dropped from Bet Online, and Bryce Young was was tied for second with DJ Uyangalale at plus seven hundred behind Spencer Rattler, who of course is going to be the favorite until he doesn't win it, I guess. Uh, but he is ahead of uh, CJ Stroud, JT Daniels, Derek King, Sam Howell, Keaton Slovis, some pretty big names. Uh, and and I and I went on, you know, my hot take of the night, I guess was saying that I think that Bryce Young could be the most special quarterback to, to walk through these halls uh, under the Nick Saban tenure, and that would mean being the the first quarterback to win a Heisman here at Alabama. Whether it's this year or not, who knows? There's a lot of questions you know, on the outside with the wide receivers, uh, offensive line, all those sorts of things with the, the turnover that's here at Alabama on offense. But what, what, what's kind of your, your thought process is when it comes to Bryce Young and the individual success that he can have here at Alabama? Well, first, uh, you know, I do think he's obviously got the chance to be, to be the best. I really do because um, he's going to have, you know, two seasons really to kind of prove it, go out there and, um, and really just do his thing uh, before he heads off to the NFL, which is the inevitable. Um, but for him to be the best, man, I, I mean, and I've told a lot of people this recently because we just had a, a series on our uh, – we still are going an ongoing series on our site where we're ranking the, the top five in each position group uh, in football, and we did, we did quarterbacks. And, I, you know, just looking at it, Mac Jones had the greatest season in college football history, and that's going to be pretty hard to, to live up to, you know, and I, and I definitely believe Bryce can do it. Um, but here's the reality is that Mac Jones, what, what a lot of people – um, you know, you mentioned Bryce having a lot of doubters, things like that. Let's go back to this time last year. Mac had a lot of doubters as well, and he goes mm. up and puts up the, the greatest season we have ever seen. And we just thought Joe Burrow put it up, but then Mac said, I- "I'm going to go. I'm going to go be better, right?" Um, and, and for Bryce Young, I think for him, 
Um, also, too, I was, I was thinking about this when you were talking. The other another comparison, Russell Wilson. I don't know if you see him at all as well. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Too. Uh, Russell Wilson as well comes to mind. Uh, but for me, I, I think for him to go down as the best, he's got to win the Heisman, no doubt about it. There's no question. But as, as long as he wins a national title, he's going to be up there, right? He's going to at least be top four, top five if he wins the national championship. And here's the thing. Last year, you know, we're looking at the offense, and we're going, okay, and I wrote a column on this. I said Alabama more than likely is going to have uh, – this was back in July of last year. I said Alabama's more likely going to have uh, two Heisman finalists. And guess what? They, they had darn near three in the top five. Um, and so – this year, you look at Alabama's offense, you say, well, really there's one guy who's going to be the show, and it's going to be Bryce Young, and there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And as we said, I mean, he's cerebral enough and mature enough to handle that. Um, but this is a season where he can kind of do it right. I mean, you've got DJ uh, Ugalele at, uh, at Clemson, um, Spencer Rattler as well. But, but I think, you know, just given the schedule too and just the grinder of the SEC, if he can go out there and lead Alabama to another undefeated regular season and then maybe beat Georgia – in the SEC championship game, a team that is going to, you know, to beat Georgia this year, you're going to have to move the football. You're going to have to score in the 40s. And, and so I, I just think Bryce has got a great shot to do it. I think he'll be a finalist. I'll go on record right now and say that uh, that he's like, if there's anything that's a lock, I think he's a lock to be a finalist just because he is going to be the offense to start it out because there's so many things we don't know about. Um, but I like his chances, you know, and there, talk about the other quarterback awards, you know, the Davey O'Brien, the Maxwell, things like that. Um, I think he's got a great shot for it, but he's he's also a good kid, and he he's not going to let any pressure or any accolades get to his head. That's just the kind of that's just how he was brought up, and he's got great great family, great parents, and uh, and we're all know I know everybody's expecting big things from him, um, but let's be let's let's be quick, let's be clear here. When we start out in Atlanta against Miami, that Miami pass rush is going to be very very good, and you know Alabama's going to be um, getting a new tackle in there unless Chris Owens kicks out the tackle. Um, so he's going to be dealing with some pressure from day one, um, literally uh, on the field, you know, off the edge with, with the Miami Hurricanes. There you go. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I think I think the sky's the limit for him in 2021 if they can find an identity. That's what it boils down to. The offense has got to find that identity. Hey, the best guess get get the roll credits in there, get get, get the off the edge plug in there. Uh, but but you're, you're talking about you know good parents, good kid. Reminds me of recruiting. And before we get into the CFP expansion. Uh, I do have to ask you about Arch Manning because I'm, I'm a massive fan. Just the last name in and of itself, I, I was a Peyton Manning guy over Tom Brady until it just became painfully obvious that it was Tom Brady all along. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of what the Mannings do, the way they get it done, uh, you know, the cerebral assassin-style play that they have you know, to, to stick in the, the, the film room and, and take coaching and apply it. Has always been monster, uh, massively impressive to me. Uh, but with Arch Manning, he 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 comes from Cooper. He doesn't come from either of his uncles, so he's got the athleticism to boot. Uh, we had a caller earlier that said he reminds him more of Archie than anybody, and and I can agree with that to a point. But he's got the deep ball like like uh, like Peyton. He's got the smarts like Eli. I feel pretty good about him as a prospect. But how should Alabama fans feel about him being a Crimson Tide prospect? Before I answer that, Jacob, I'm just I'm so glad I turned on uh, I turned on first take the other day, and Stephen A. Smith was asking is he going to be better already than Peyton and Eli. So I'm glad you didn't ask me that. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure for the kid, man, to say are you going to be better than two two Hall of Famers? And yes, Eli Manning is, is a Hall of Famer in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, um, and so yeah, he's, you know, he's obviously got huge shoes to fill, right? But in, in terms of his recruitment, man, this is going to be a wild one. I think I think this is going to shape up to kind of be the the celebrity style recruitment we've seen from some big name prospects over the years. I think of a lot of legacies. You know, I think of Pat Sertain, um, just from you know the class of 2018. Um, you know, just comes to mind a lot of these NFL legacy kids, um, just because hey, like this is you know everybody wants it. They want to get in that gene pool, right? And so Alabama has built a great relationship with him. Um, over, 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 you know, even, even, even when it got passed off from Steve Sarkeesian to Bill O'Brien, there was a good transition there. And now Texas is, is coming hard after him. I know that because, you know, Steve was Steve recruiting him at Alabama. That's shifted over, um, to Texas now, too. But I think Alabama fans should be cautiously optimistic here, right? Um, because guess what? Alabama's always going to be in the play because they're, 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 they're the winners, right? They're, they're, they're in the playoff every single year, especially now with the expanding as well, which we'll get to. They're more than likely going to be in it every single year from here on out. 
Um, and so what, what kids like Arch have grown up and I, and I, you know, it's kind of crazy for me to think this, you know, I'm a little older now, but when I talk to recruits, it's like all they've known growing up is that Alabama, this Alabama, that. And so Arch has seen that Arch has built a great relationship. You know, he'll be in town later this month and, and that's going to be a very, you know, he's going to camp there. He's going to work out. He, I saw some highlights from Clemson and man, he looked really sharp. He looked really good. And he dropped a 70 yard bomb at the Texas camp to one kid just <laughs> right down the sideline. I mean, it was a drop in the bucket. Um, but yeah, this is good. This is shaping up for a celebrity style recruitment. But I, just in my opinion, I think Crimson Tide fans should be cautiously optimistic. Now, Ty Simpson is, is locked in, you know, in 2022. Um, he'll be an earlier enrollee, but, um, you know, Al M's going to look to get a, another star signal car in 2023. And I think Arch Manning is in a good position to be that kid. So cautious optimism. It's insane that we're talking about a sophomore high school quarterback, though. Like, yeah. I mean, the celebrity behind it, all understandable. Uh, but, you know, Bryce Young has two years to tear up college football. And then whether it's Paul Tyson or Ty Simpson after him, like there's there's still that much of a gap between Arch Manning being a quarterback in college football. And yet the excitement around his name is is palpable is not even the word like <laughs> it is that exciting uh, when it comes to Arch Manning. But uh, y- you mentioned you know, the college football playoff expansion. I I know you're not as big of a fan of it as I am, but it it, it is kind of interesting, you know, with, you know, the statement that, you know, Alabama is just going to be in it from, from here on out. Uh, Probably the truth. Interesting that it kind of coincides with Nick Saban signing that, that extension, you know, in the face of all this evolution in college football, he, it's almost like it's, it's the challenge that keeps him around. You know, what, what else is there left for you to do? Well, to dominate this new era of college football, with brand new rules. Uh, but w- with the, with the playoff expansion, just your thoughts on it. Uh, anything that you, you think is an overwhelming positive from it. And, and the biggest thing that you would like to change from the, the, the proposal that is going to be discussed over the next two or three weeks. Yeah. I, you know, for the most part, I mean, I'm a purist in this sport and, and I love it for what college football is. And, and so my knee jerk reaction to the expansion is I was thinking we were going to get eight, right? I thought the, the general progression was four to eight, eight to 12, right? But we, we, we said, they said, screw it. We're going, we're going four to 12. And so my knee jerk reaction was, man, I, I don't know about this, right? I mean, kind of this participation trophy, whatever. And then I sat and thought about it some more. I said, hey, at the end of the day, right, the cream is going to rise to the, to the top. The best teams are still going to come out of this, I still believe, because I, I just don't think we're going to get the upsets that we would get like March Madness style. Now, I think the games between the seeds 6 through 12 or 5 through 12, excuse me, I think those are going to be entertaining, right? Yeah. So when we, get down, when we get down to the quarters, when we get down to the semis and then the final, I think the more blowouts are going to be even there because, you know, out of the 14 playoff games that have already existed, Jacob, three of them have been within two touchdowns. Three of 14, right? That's not. A, I'm not a math guy, but that's not a good percentage, right, in terms of competitiveness. Um, but where I do like it is that it gets more of this country involved in college football. Because let's be honest here, man, and I know a lot of the listeners here, they might not have been able to step out into the Northeast or maybe even the West Coast or, shoot, maybe even the upper Midwest. Guess what? Not many people in those regions care too much about college athletics outside of them betting on it, right? I mean, um, and here's the reality is that, okay, you're going to get a team, from, you know, every, basically every year you're going to get maybe a Pac-12 team in there now. Okay, so now Colorado, Oregon, they're involved. Um, USC, they're back involved. I mean, you're just going to get more parts of the country involved, and I think that's a g- generally a good thing for the sport. Um, so, and it, like I said, it goes back to being a money grab as well. And now that we're now that we're on at this point, the quarters, another big thing, the quarters need to be hosted by seeds one through four. I don't understand why, you know, five, six, seven, and eight get to host and they get to generate the revenue for their campus for that first-round game. And then, okay, quarterfinals, we're just going to put them in the bowl game, right? No. I think the quarterfinal games need to be on campus because you're telling me how electric would Bryant Peak Stadium be, you know, between – it would be Alex Alden was the one seed between them or the eight, it was the eight or nine. And if it was last year, it was the winner of Georgia-Cincinnati if it would have been a 12-team playoff last year. So could you imagine if Georgia wins that game, Georgia comes back to Bryant-Denny in December for a playoff game? I mean, my gosh. And Georgia was playing out of its mind toward the end of last year. So that would have just been an electric. So the quarterfinals need to be on uh, on on the host side, seeds one through four. And then, two. I mean, let's be honest here. You know, the, the bowl season, I, I think we're really seeing the beginning of the end for the rest of the bowls that aren't in the playoffs once we get to the 12th team, right? 
Like, who really cares about the Cheez-It Bowl? Who cares about the Mayo Bowl? I mean, we know the opt-outs are there, and, and that's understandable because, you know, what are, they, what are they playing for, right? Especially if you're a prospect, you're a surefire NFL prospect. Um, so the opt-outs are going to continue, and they actually might be even more now um, given, you know, that, that they're, you know, if you miss out on the 12th team, right? If we already had people sitting down on the 14th, I mean, we might have more guys sitting out if there's 12 teams in the playoff, and they're on the outside looking in. So those are a couple things. But now that I've thought it out and, I, you know, I've kind of looked at the details, I'm actually for this because I still think the Clemson's, the Ohio State's, the Alabama's, they're still going to rise to the top um, because there's, there's, there's more of a discrepancy between, between one and four, you know, than even four and 12, right? Um, that's how big I think the gap is. Well, hey, it's got to be hard for, for those later seeds, but uh, no, nothing warms my heart and puts a bigger smile on my face than, than you sounding just as excited as I do about the prospect of, of Georgia or Cincinnati last year coming into Tuscaloosa for a playoff game. You've come full circle, my man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It, like I said, it, it would have been electric, right? I mean, and here's too. I think Cincinnati, I mean, hey, let's be honest here. That Cincinnati-Georgia game, um, you know, Cincinnati won. Georgia had, uh, excuse me, Georgia ended up winning there barely. You know, the field goal last time expired. I know Georgia had some opt-outs as well. Um, but you think about it, right? I mean, that Georgia-Cincinnati would have been a great first-round game. And then I think Alabama, you know, if Alabama had to play Cincinnati, I don't think that game would have been close. But I think Alabama and Georgia would have been very close. And guess what? And then, too, if you look at Alabama's part of the bracket, if it would have been last year, they would have had either play Florida, Texas A&M again, or I think Coastal Carolina was the other team potentially in the semifinals. And let's be honest here. Is Alabama really signing up to go play Florida again? After playing uh-huh. Georgia quarterfinals, <laughs> I would have been pretty upset, to be honest with you, um, if, if I was Alabama and then I got that. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Everybody. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Lots of sunshine today, not as humid as recent days. The high for this afternoon around 90, clear and pleasant tonight, the low 62. And we stay dry tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days, highs between 86 and 89 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 90 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Back to close down Southern Fried Sports here on Tide 100.9. You're home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Got about five minutes left in the show, but uh, we're going to go out to the Peter Brook Chocolatier Hotline and welcome in JR. JR, what's going on, man? Hey, brother. I want to follow up a little bit more on uh, Bryce Young. You know, I'm, I'm not as doubtful as I am concerned, and it is about his size. And and maybe the height. The concern is more about his size. I can't. I mean, it's dreadful for me to even think about uh, an unblocked outside linebacker hitting him on the blind side in the wide open run. You know, is he going to be able to withstand something like that? Well, be tough enough. I think he is. I mean, it, like he didn't play powder fu- powder puff ball out I know he in, did California. It in California. You know, he played with the big that. boys. Yeah. Well, but... did he have a good track record as far as that's concerned? Well, I can't imagine he got hit too many times, to be honest, uh, when when you're putting up the stats that, that he's putting up. Uh, but regardless, I don't think you come to the SEC unless you know what you're in for. And and Bryce, he, he, you know, the one thing that does concern me is the example that you kind of brought up in, in the A-Day game. Chris Braswell comes off the edge completely untouched and strip sacks him, touchdown, uh, Crimson team, you know that that's a little concerning. Uh, he also had the the fumble when he got sacked against Missouri, but 
I mean, th- those are the lumps that come with being a young quarterback. I think once he understands that his athleticism can get him out of those situations uh, and, and he can create on the backside of that consistently just because he is that talented, then things will work out for him a little bit better on that end. But I don't think just being small means that you're susceptible to, to injury and not being able to withstand – the schedule. I mean, look at Cam Newton 10 years into the NFL. He's bigger than everybody else in the league, and yet he's consistently injured. Ben Roethlisberger the same way. He's always dealt with injuries. One of the biggest quarterbacks of all time. Right. So it, it's not always about He's one of the, the biggest. There, therein lies one of the problems I'm talking about. Therein lies one of the biggest, and he's getting injured. <laughs> of course, that's pro. But um, these boys in the uh, SEC, you know, defensive linebackers and, and linemen that are coming in after him are, are not very small. <laughs> They're generally going to have some size and speed on it. Now, one thing I wanted to ask, what, what kind of release is it? Is it a really good, quick release? His release is tight, man. It, it's, well, it's quick. I, I understand that, but I mean, is it accurate when he has to do that? Well, accuracy has a lot to do with anticipation and, and chemistry with your receivers. I, I mean, I think overall he's very accurate, and that's also, you know, that was the number one thing that he was praised for even over his athleticism coming out of high school was was his accuracy, uh, but that's something you'll get a better feel on as we get into the into the season a little bit. But but as far as like his motion, his act and and his, and his release, I mean, it's one of the fastest releases in college football. I think I mean, it, it, it's snappy and it's got velocity too. I think his arm <laughs> is uh, is stronger than Tua Tagovailoa's, which I mean, bar, far, by far and away would indicate that he's got the strongest arm that Nick Saban's ever had. As a this is accuracy good on the run. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's he's very controlled. Uh, one of my favorite things about him, too, just from watching him, was the ability to throw in awkward positions and still have mm-hmm. a snappy release and still know where the ball is going. There's, no, there's nothing erratic about Bryce Young, and that, that's what makes me feel the best. Like Even when things haven't gone his way, when things have been tough or questionable, uh, you know, there's nothing erratic. Like he's still calm and collected. Uh, if not anxious, I mean, he wants to he wants to make the play. He wants to get it done. But you know, there's there's nothing that that's rattling him, which I think is 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 comforting. Jared, man, I appreciate it. I got I got to run. Appreciate you, man. I know that I've run you out of time, but appreciate you very much. You got me all excited. Hey, that's what I'm here for. Take it easy, man. And that'll do it for uh, Southern Fried Sports here on a Tuesday. Thanks for hanging out with us today. I hope you enjoyed the uh, interview with Tyler Martin from uh, my show Off the Edge, which is Mondays and Fridays from 7 to 9 p.m. We'll be back for more Southern Fried Sports tomorrow at 11 a.m. Travis Ryer will be back uh, to take over the reins of the show. Coming up next is the Jay Barker Show right here on Tide 100.9, followed by the game with Ryan Fowler and the Extra Hour of Alabama tradition. Until then, take it easy and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody.